What's up, everyone? Welcome to another week of First Seed Fantasy. Uh, we are here to chat fantasy football in the upcoming 2023 season. Uh, I am your co-host, Kyle Krajewski, joined by my lovely, as always, uh, every week, Zach Holt. Zach, what's up this week? You know, I think the pinnacle of my week is you calling me lovely every single week. I, I appreciate that, man. <laughs> uh, it's 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 easy to say because you are a, a lovely man. Thank you. Thank you, brother. I'm doing good. Uh, I, I mean, we're here to talk about fantasy again. It's always a, a good time when we're doing that. And we've got some – it's getting real with our topic today. We're, we're kind of taking a look ahead into this upcoming season, and it's really starting to get real. So I'm, I'm excited for it. I'm looking forward to it. I can't wait to have a good conversation with you. Yes, and you're right. It's getting very real. We are mid-June now, and uh, the, the season is slowly but surely making its way towards us. Uh, but before we get into the topics uh, of today, we are First Seed Fantasy. You can find us on all socials, Instagram, Twitter, uh, I think even TikTok. First Seed Fantasy, although I think TikTok's First Seed Sports. But First Seed Fantasy, find us on Instagram and Twitter primarily. And then YouTube, if you are listening to us, you can find us on YouTube, First Seed Fantasy. Or if you are watching us, you can find us in podcast form. Uh, mm -hmm. Wherever you get your podcast, that First Seed Fantasy. So once you do all that, find us, search us, follow, like, subscribe, uh, then we can get into today's topic, which is the, I guess, the pinnacle or like the start, the start of the summer, pretty much. And it's our fantasy rankings and kind of an early look, I should say. These aren't concrete. These aren't, they're never concrete, but just an early, just, we gave a look at the list uh, and we're going to run through our basically our initial top tens for draft season for draft fantasy football rankings. And again, not concrete. We are not like stamping this down as like, we're not publishing this as like, you can't look at this. This is just us discussing just an early look, like just looking at the, without even diving into the numbers, just like, all right, this is how I'm feeling about these guys. Um, and then I think coming up in the next few weeks, we'll actually dive into our projections and give our projections and uh, rankings based off of those. But right now, this is just early look, top tens at the top four positions, quarterback, running back, wide receiver, tight end. Um, just given that initial look. Yeah, it's just kind of our first, very first look at these situations and taking a look at who we like, who's in good situations, who we think is going to build off last year's success, continue last year's success, all the above. And Kyle, like you mentioned, we'll be doing our projections coming up here. So once we kind of get a little bit, uh, a little more in-depth of a look at, at these guys' stats and what we think they're going to do this year, uh, that'll give us a little more finite and, and kind of um, – number driven analysis of who we have in our top 10 and who we like, but I'm going to guess the top 10 is going to remain pretty close, pretty similar to what we have here um, just off of our knee jerk reactions. So there might be a couple guys that surprise us, hop up the list a little bit, but I think the top 10 is a pretty prestigious group to be in. And I think that this, this group of guys that we have is probably going to be pretty close to what we're looking at when we stat everyone out. Yeah, I think even if we scoped it out, like, and we're just like, all right, these are our top 15. I bet those top 15 guys are going to be the same 15 guys that rotate in and out of our top 10s. Uh, but just kind of giving you a top 10 list here, just it's mid-June. 
just kind of give an initial thoughts on some of these players going into, uh, I guess, mini draft season where some are technically starting, but it's mostly best ball season. Uh, but we'll kind of like grow on this, these top tens as the, as the summer continues. I think that's a perfect point. Let's get into them. Let's get into them. We are going to start us out, start out with quarterbacks. And I think we're just going to do five and then five. So I'm going to kick Zach, kick Zach off and have him kind of go down from 10 to six. And then we'll discuss the next five of our, basically go from there. All right. Well, uh, I, like you said, Kyle, we're going to start off with number 10 here. And number 10 for me is a guy that I'm expecting to have a bounce back from last season. Uh, we saw him coming off of a full year of missed football into a suspension, into just a weird situation. Didn't really ever look like himself. And that's Deshaun Watson, quarterback of the Cleveland Browns. Uh, I love Deshaun's situation this year. I think he has a better offense uh, now that they've brought in Elijah Moore. I think that he's going to be able to uh, focus less on having to distribute the ball to Kareem Hunt in the pass check down pass game. Uh, I, he's kind of got the true bona fide back with Nick Chubb. He's got his receivers in Cooper and uh, Elijah Moore and Donovan Peoples Jones. He's got a great tight end, David Njoku. I love this uh, as him to be one of the the biggest risers in in this offseason in in quarterback play from last season to this season so he's my number 10 ranking what do you what do you think what do you make of him this year Kyle it's an interesting situation I think it's an offense that has definitely um improved I mean with the addition of Elijah Moore and I think it's becoming a more well-rounded offense you've got another year in the system he can finally be a full part of participant of the team um, I'm definitely expecting a bounce back season. Uh, and for myself, he's not in my top 10, but a guy who, again, is floating right there uh, and wouldn't be surprised if he made his way up there. Yeah. And one other guy, just real quick that I want to throw out uh, who I was mental battling between uh, he and he and Deshaun Watson here was Tua. Um, I love Tua for this upcoming season Tua Tagovailoa, the quarterback for the Dolphins, um, but he just didn't quite make the list. So that's just another name I wanted to throw in there. But moving on to number nine, I have Aaron Rodgers, uh, quarterback for the now New York Jets this upcoming season. I think Rodgers is poised to to really settle into this offense and make a huge impact, um, if nothing else, just based on the talent that he has surrounding him uh, in New York now. Obviously, the storyline in Green Bay was that they weren't ever helping him out. They weren't putting guys around him to help him succeed. Um, we saw Christian Watson have a little bit of a breakout season last year, but after Watson, it was no one. And they traded away his dude and Devontae Adams. So it, it was just kind of a little bit of a wasteland for him in Green Bay last year. But this year he goes to the Jets where he picks up one of the best young targets in the league, Garrett Wilson. He has uh, guys like Alan Lazard. He's got Tyler Conklin in the past game, not to mention he's got Brees Hall and, and uh, even shout out Pitt, Israel Abanacanda coming in as a rookie who's a, a little scat back that I think he's going to find um, very Aaron Jones-like in, in that offense. So I'm really excited for what Rodgers can do fitting into this New York offense, and he's my number nine quarterback. It's a great pick. Um, just kind of jumping into my rankings before we – actually do uh he's also my number nine for uh, a lot of those same reasons um it it's hard to look at the jets offense and say i, I mean all last year it was like this team just needs a quarterback and now they have 
one of the best quarterbacks in the league, um, a back-to-back MVP winner not too long ago. And I, I mean, I love it. I think he's a guy who could see a huge, huge season. And this season should uh, kind of prove where he's at moving forward. What I think is funny is, uh, isn't he, you might have to correct me if I'm wrong. I'm trying to pull up his stats now as we speak. I think he's the guy that's every other year or even years or odd years or whatever it is, he, he balls out or something along those lines. So, uh, I mean, I, if last year was the down year, then this year should be the up year again. So I guess, I guess we'll see what he can do this upcoming season. Um, all right, for number eight, I have – I might catch some flack for this one, but I have Justin Herbert, the quarterback for the uh, Los Angeles Chargers. I'm going to be honest, he he lost a little bit of my faith last year. He kind of bumped down my list a little bit. I, I know he was dealing with tons of injuries around him with Keenan Allen missing a big portion of the season, Mike Williams being out. I mean, at one point he was thrown to just Josh Palmer and DeAndre Carter. Like it, it was about as ugly as it possibly could, but could be. So I, I, I kind of knocked him down a little bit because of that, and maybe unfairly so. We saw the Chargers go out and pick up another target this offseason with uh, Quentin Johnston coming in from TCU uh, by way of the draft. So that gives him Johnston. That gives him Keenan Allen. That gives him Mike Williams, all healthy. Gerald Everett had a really nice season, and not to mention Austin Eckler is a massive piece in the passing game. So I, maybe I have him too low, and maybe as I'm sitting here talking about him, I'm starting to think, oh, maybe I have him a little bit too low. But for right now, to start off the season, he's my number eight quarterback zach i'm gonna hijack uh your rankings and i'm changing up how we're going to be presenting these just okay, because absolutely uh i feel like I, i'm gonna be spit, spitting the same facts and just like sure when i'm saying mine so instead of saying your five and then my five i'm gonna go down my list right alongside yours right after you speak yours just because i have herbert as my qb7 uh, okay. Again, love Perfect. him. I, it's one of those guys that you're just like, I could see him being right up there. Um, but at the same time, you look at those guys up there. I, I It's one of those years where this is, could be the year and it could have been the year last year. But Herbert's one of those guys that is in a position to be a top three quarterback. It, it's just going to happen. And it's about when. And maybe that's this year. Maybe that's next. Maybe it never will happen. Uh, but I see him as like a, a really high upside QB seven um, where I have him ranked and then kind of jumping backwards, just skimming down the list just because uh, we mentioned Rogers. I have him at nine, but my 10 I'm jumping all over the place. My number <laughs> 10 is Dak Prescott. Um, I, I feel like him missing five games last year and finishing as the QB 18 and still having some phenomenal games last year uh, in an offense that, hasn't fully uh, disappeared. Uh, I think they brought in Brandon Cooks is really the big addition. Then they lost Ezekiel Elliott, which really just brings in more Tony Pollard and kind of boosts his passing game a little bit. Uh, so Dak is someone I have at 10 and somebody who I oddly at that rank feel like I'll have a lot of in, in drafts this year. And then, so nine was Rogers. And then my eight kind of aligning with you, uh, Trevor Lawrence, um, Trevor Lawrence, who I think you're going to be speaking on soon, uh, <laughs> is right there with like Justin Herbert. And he had a huge year last year. He was the QB eight and uh, I have him ranked eight again, but again, could have uh, like a monster year with the addition of uh, Calvin Ridley. Um, mm -hmm. it, it's just like another year in the system, another year being comfortable. 
and a um i should say like a a functioning system and not the uh nicks or not the nick saban the uh Oh, what's the Urban Meyer system? The Urban Meyer system that was just broken <laughs> from the start. Uh, so another year in a functioning system should yeah. really elevate Trevor Lawrence and become a, a super relevant fantasy quarterback. So I have him at eight. So as you mentioned, I was going to also be speaking on him soon. He is my number seven. So we're just pushing our way right up the list here. Um, but I, I think the reason that I have him ahead of Justin Herbert is I was trying to look at the guys that I put ahead of Herbert and kind of reason with why I went with those guys ahead. And I think that they either need to have one, the rushing talent, which you got, which we'll talk about with some of these guys that are upcoming here. Cause I mean, that just sends quarterbacks to the, to the nuclear level. You know, when you can run the ball effectively, that pushes you up. That pushes you up draft boards immensely. But I think the other thing that I kind of see in Lawrence but haven't necessarily seen in Herbert yet, and maybe it's because of Brandon Staley and the coaching, but I, I either need you to have rushing upside or I need you to just have that crazy playmaker upside that we see with guys like Patrick Mahomes and like Josh Allen, who we'll talk about in a little bit, I'm sure. But I'm starting to see glimpses of that, I think, from Trevor Lawrence, but I'm still waiting to see that from Justin Herbert. I mean, we all have seen the arm. He can throw the ball from one state to another, but I, I haven't really seen that in-game where he turns it on and he can just win a game because he is that big of a playmaker, kind of how um, Lawrence did in a head-to-head matchup against Herbert in that AFC championship game. So that's kind of in my mind, what's the differentiating factor between these two. And that's what's putting Lawrence at number seven for me. So Kyle, I'm going to pass it over to you for six. Uh, My, yeah, my number seven was Herbert kind of mentioned that already number six. And it looks like we align on this one, Justin Fields. Mm -hmm. Um, He was the QB six last year after I, I mean, showing up midseason, uh, what was it, week nine, he had the 40-point the game, and then week 10, he had another 40-point game, and then just kind of coasted on that through the rest of the year. Um, he was a guy who, I, I mean, I picked him up for a Josh Allen Josh Allen injury or bye week last year and was stuck in the Josh Allen or Justin Fields scenario, which was an odd one to be in. But, I mean, Fields – he gets DJ Moore this year. He kind of gets the chance to elevate his game again or kind of stay on the same level that he was in the middle of this season last year. Um, and it's one of those seasons I'm excited for because I, I, I'm expecting big things. I'm a Justin Fields truther. Um, but I feel like six is kind of like perfectly slotted for him because I feel like these top five guys are – uh, a little hard to to break out of the top five, but Fields could very well make his way up there this year. He absolutely could. And Kyle, you mentioned he brings DJ Moore in, and that almost worries me a little bit because last year, Justin, the magic of Justin Fields was he could he ran for over a hundred, like two or three times last season. And those were those games where he just went for 40, you know, 30 high thirties, 40 points uh, in a game. And what worries me is like, I know that this is terrible. I'm almost like praying on his downfall a little bit, but like, I almost want the offense to not be better because he has to improvise and he's so good running the ball. 
you know, it's almost like if he has a competent receiving core and guys that are going to get open, you know, maybe he's going to stop running the ball so much. I hope that's not the case. But I think even if he contributes 40, 50 yards a week, I mean, that's still a big difference. That can push up a, a mediocre quarterback performance to a good, solid quarterback performance in a week. So I love Justin Fields. I think he's got a very safe floor. You mentioned DJ Moore coming into town. Darnell Mooney should be back and should be healthy the whole season. Cole Komet was there was a great connection going on there for a couple weeks in a row. They were they were uh, connecting for a touchdown. Uh, just I, I really like what's going on there. And maybe not for nothing, the the running back room I think got a little worse this year with Montgomery leaving. Um, now we have guys like. Uh, Roshan, Roshan Johnson taking over, De, uh, Deontay Foreman, um, Khalil Herbert is stepping into a full-time role now. So, I, you know, it's the piecework mentality, and maybe it works out, maybe it doesn't, and who knows, maybe that leads to uh, Fields becoming the running back one. Who knows? That'd be, that'd be huge. Would be, absolutely. All right, into the top fives we go. As this is, as I'm looking at yours, you can't see mine, but this is where things kind of start to shake up for us, especially because uh, you have this one ranked very differently than I, uh, as my QB five or QB five is Lamar Jackson, um, fresh off a a new healthy contract, um, coming back from an injury and just looking, I mean, looking at last year, he was pre-injury the QB5 uh, up until week 12. And I wouldn't be surprised if he returns back to that shape. And that's a very healthy and attainable goal for Lamar mm-hmm. Jackson coming into this offense with new weapons. Uh, they kind of made an effort this offseason, maybe not to get the best guys, but to add some guys in the receiving room for for Lamar and to have a healthy Mark Andrews, who was also kind of on and off the field last year. Um, he kind of steps into a game, steps into a season where uh, things could look good. And again, I mean, last year he started off 21 points and then 42, 40, and it kind of coattailed off that in a couple like 20 and high team point games. But knowing that Lamar Jackson can win you any given week because of a huge rushing potential game um, in an offense that, I mean, is improved. And I I think it's he's a guy that I'm very comfortable with in my top five. Um, I don't think he's going to budge outside. I don't think any of these top five guys are going to budge outside of this. Um, But I'm very comfortable with him as my five. I'm actually going to decline to comment on where I have Lamar Ray at the moment. I'm going to jump to my number five, and I have uh, Mr. Joe Burrow, Joe Shiesty, as they call him, in Cincinnati. Uh, He is my number five quarterback, and I think kind of alluding back to one of the reasons that I mentioned earlier, I have him at five because I think some of the other guys ahead of him um, have that massive superstar trait or have that rushing upside, which is why he's pushed down a little bit, but – I mean, you can't argue with the offensive system and just the overall production that you get from Joe Burrow year in and year out. He's like the ultimate safety blanket. You know what you're getting with Joe Burrow. You're throwing him in there. You're expecting two, three touchdowns a week. He, he's, uh, you know, he's he's a lock for that week in and week out. So I, I feel very safe with him as my number five overall 
uh, quarterback in my top 10 rankings. And he's a guy that I could see, you know, when things get satted out and I magically end up having Jamar Chase catching 14 touchdowns or something like that, that he could wind up climbing up a little bit. And I'm like, oh, well, that makes more sense. But I think the real key for Joe Burrow is that his interceptions need to come down a little bit for me. He was averaging almost won a game last year. Um, he had 12 last year and he had 14 the year before. So I just need to see him take care of the ball a little bit more. But like I said, he's like a lock for three, two, three touchdowns a game. So I like Joe Burrow. He's my number five. Yeah. And uh, swooping right into my QB four is Joe Burrow. He, like you said, a lock for two to three touchdowns. And that could be two to Jamar, one Jamar and one to T or two to T. You've got uh, three guys on this offense in Jamar, T. Higgins, and, I mean, Tyler Boyd is a fantastic wide receiver three. And uh, Joe Mixon can catch out of the backfield, and then you've got Irv Smith at tight end. Uh, Joe Burrow has, Joe Burrow has like, uh, probably the best lineup of offensive weapons in, in the league. Um, if not one, he's, like, 1.5. And... It, it's dangerous that he can make it work too. Um, last year he was the QB four, and to have him ranked as QB four just oddly makes sense. But mostly because I he's a guy I'm potentially very excited to have on my fantasy teams this year. Yeah, and I think we saw this offseason that the uh, Bengals also made a concentrated effort to kind of bulk up their offensive line a little bit. Um, we saw them bring in Orlando Brown. Uh, they kind of actually stole him from the Chiefs, which was crazy. Um, but they brought him in on a four-year deal. And then they also signed – I just had his name. I don't want to mess it up. Cody Ford, uh, who's a guard and might just be a depth piece. Um, but, I mean, last year it was evident when that line got banged up, the, uh, the Bengals offense struggled. So, for mm -hmm. them to have some backups and some guys that, that they can really rely on on the offensive line to keep Joe Burrow upright is, I think, a really big deal. Absolutely. All right. Do you want me to do four next, Kyle? I'll hop into my four since you it's just gave yours. yours. Yeah, he was. Okay. That was my four. So it's, take it away. All right. My number four is Mr. Buffalo Josh Allen. Uh, Mr. Madden twenty twenty three twenty four. Mr. Madden twenty four himself. Um, yeah, I have Josh at number four, and I I just. I, I don't know. Something in my mind is holding me back with Josh Allen, and I can't exactly explain what it is. Um, I, there was some news that came out today. We're recording this on Tuesday, June 13th, that Diggs was not happy uh, with his situation in Buffalo, which really kind of worries me a little bit. Um, if there's some drama in, in paradise or what, what's the what's the saying? What's what about paradise? Oh, trouble in paradise. Trouble. In, if there's trouble in paradise between Josh and and. Uh, digs that's that's going to be a huge issue and that that would cause me to probably lower josh pretty significantly in my rankings but for right now i'm not going to overreact to, to june hype i'm guessing it's just deployed to either get a new contract or uh, something along those lines get a bigger role in the offense whatever it is but for right now i have josh allen at number four there's no doubting that he's an incredible incredible quarterback he's super talented he makes plays when there aren't plays to be made and they brought in Dalton Kincaid, a, a wide receiver, tight end combination type of player out of Utah. 
um, who is supposedly going to fill in into the slot role in, in this offense. So, I mean, that gives you Knox, that gives you Kincaid, that gives you hopefully Diggs. And, I mean, there's still been rumors around around DeAndre Hopkins swirling with, with Buffalo too. And, I mean, that would be the type of thing that would push him all the way up to – Two potentially one for me. So right now I'm sitting at four, and I'm I'm making it a TBD four. You know, to be determined. We'll see. We'll see what happens. That's going to be one that I, I will feel a lot more confident in my ranking come August twentieth, the week before we're starting NFL football. Yep, that's a very fine four for you. Um, my number three, getting into the top three here, Jalen Hurts, uh, and, and I'll kind of say this that. Personally, I think these next three for me, uh, any one of them could be the QB one this season. I feel like it's an even chance for all three of them to be the QB one. And that makes it a little trickier to, to rank them. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I'm slotting Hertzen as three. He was the QB three last year. I, it's He had a huge elevated game last year. And I wouldn't be surprised if it takes another step this season. Um, I mean, you've got A.J. Brown, you've got Devontae Smith, you've got uh, Dallas Goddard, and then you add DeAndre Swift into the backfield with a little bit of uh, Rashad Penny. It's going to be a, Kenny a, G. Oh, and Kenny G. Can't forget him. And I bet Boston Scott's still there, too. He to is. Score, just to score the Giants to, over. <laughs> just to score three touchdowns against the Giants uh, a week. But. Uh, Hertz has the offense. He's again, like I said, with Burrow, it's one of those offenses that it's the weapons are there to help him. And I, it's almost like you have to be a bad quarterback not to succeed. And I, I mean, we saw it last year. Hertz is incredible. Uh, as he can, if he can go the whole season, he'll be fantastic. And I expect him to. Uh, it's just I had a hard time ranking these three. Uh, so my my heart put Hertz at three, but realistically. I could put him at one tomorrow. Uh, that's just how close all three of these guys are to me. I'm also riding with you with uh, Jalen Hurts at number three. I feel like he is extremely, extremely safe when it comes to uh, picking or talking about these top five quarterbacks. I, I think um, with my next two guys that I'm going to mention, I feel a little more confident in them potentially finishing as the number one overall. Um, but that doesn't mean that Hertz doesn't also still have a horse in that race. I, I just think Hertz is going to be, like I said, very safe. I also think there's a world where the Eagles uh, take care of business in a bunch of games this season and are up big and as a result don't necessarily use him as much now of course that's not a great reason to take one quarterback over another especially when you're talking about top end guys um but i i think hurts i think hurts is very safe that's just kind of going to be my summary with him for for the third overall pick he's incredible he's got great weapons he's got rushing upside he's very very safe to me now my number two however could and I would say has a very, very good shot at being the number one overall quarterback. And that's none other than Patrick Mahomes, uh, the quarterback for the Kansas City Chiefs. I mean, you could probably put Mahomes out there with a traffic cone, a lawn chair, and a garbage can, and he's still going to somehow throw for 300 yards a game. Oh, and Travis Kelsey. And he's still going to somehow throw for 300 yards and five touchdowns. I mean, he is just insanely uh, consistent year in and year out. You know what you're getting with him. He is phenomenal at playing quarterback he always makes things happen every year you want to doubt him you just can't so i'm to the point where i'm done even trying to doubt him he's my number two quarterback i love stacking him with travis kelsey we talked about in our last video um but 
he's my number two. I got nothing more to say. He's my number two. Yeah, uh, man, that stack in best ball is incredible. Oh, it's fantastic. Um, my number two here, Josh Allen. Um, I mean, we talked about him. It comes with a, a slight asterisk as the Stefan Diggs situation hopefully doesn't escalate. Um, but as of right now, it's just a question mark. And I don't like that. But for that, it kind of slots him into my two. Um, I think he's going to kind of stick in this two spot all offseason. Um, just because I feel like one, Mahomes could be better. Or I feel like Kurtz has a better chance. It's one of those like, I feel like Hurts is a lock for top three uh, in my rankings and probably fantasy football as a whole. Uh, so, I mean, two feels very comfortable for him. Um, but at the same time, again, I, don't, I see him having a very, very real possibility of making it uh, to number one and just very safe bet to, to stick in this top three. Even though you have him at four, uh, I'll say top five so you can agree with me. <laughs> Agreed. <laughs> Well, do you have anything you want to add on Mahomes? Because he's your only one that you got left. I'm guessing he's your number one, unless you have him at number 12 or something. Yeah, actually, I have um, Daniel Jones as my QB1. <laughs> um, no, I have Patrick Mahomes as my QB1. I feel like what we saw last year with a uh, a similar cast of uh, receivers and just offense uh, to be the QB1 last year, I feel like it's not... Uh, out of the expectations for him to be QB one again this year with a Mm -hmm. healthier ankle. And uh, the man is magic. And I, I feel like slotting him in or or ranking him at one is uh, the easiest thing you can do uh, unless your name is Zach Cole. You know know what? I had to swing for upside. And and if you've been particularly sharp, we talked about someone a couple minutes ago that I said, I'll talk about later. And that's Lamar Jackson. I have him as my number one, overall quarterback right now going into 2023 drafts. And I I think the way that I continuously wrap my head around this Lamar situation is one, he got paid. He got what he wanted. He, He wanted that big contract and he got at the time, the biggest contract ever or the most guaranteed money ever. And I think that that's going to be his, his, all right, time to prove it now. You know, that was his indication. This team believes in me, so I'm going to go try my best to win Baltimore championship, another championship. The second thing that kind of keeps coming back around in my mind is I, I like I say to myself, I really like Mark Andrews. I really like Zay Flowers. I really like the Odell upside. But to take all of them is is kind of a lot. You know, that would be wasting a lot of my roster spaces or a lot of my um, my picks on these different guys. So what better way to encompass a whole entire offense than by taking the quarterback for that offense? To me, every target that goes to Zay Flowers, every target that goes to Odell, who's the one that's throwing them? It's Lamar Jackson. And uh, there's clearly been an emphasis to make this offense more dynamic this year, to make it higher scoring. You know Lamar is going to run the ball a ton. You know he's going to get into the end zone. He's a super big threat in the red zone for them. I, I just think his ceiling is is extremely, extremely high. I mean, it's hard to say higher than Patrick Mahomes, but clearly that's what I'm saying here with with my, my my pre-draft rankings. But I love Lamar this year, and I'm trying to get him as much of him as I can in best ball, as much of him as I can in, in any format that I'm playing in at this point. So he's my number one going into the season. I, I, again, he could move himself down, or Mahomes could move up, or someone could move up depending on how my projections come out. But right now he is my favorite quarterback going into 2023. 
I love it. That is a great, great stance to take. Um, and I, I look forward to seeing that your, your top 10 adjust throughout the season, throughout the summer. It, we'll see. It's it's definitely going to move. It has to. You know, it's as much as we would like to just set it and forget it in June. You have to understand that this whole this whole process is very fluid. So, yes. Now let's take a jump to running backs. The other uh, other top position here. I don't know what I was going to say uh, attached to that, but next position, running backs. Um, I'll start with my number ten. John Robinson. Um, I'm putting him at 10. Um, I could very well see that adjust. I know a lot of the, the fantasy landscape kind of has him a bit higher than that. I see him, I mean, looking at fantasy pros right now, he is fourth. And personally, I can't get behind that. Uh, a rookie in an offense that it is questionable, but who knows? I mean, we saw Cordero Patterson in the past few years kind of dominate from there so put in a rookie with the similar and just as good skill set and who knows so my my 10 uh Bijan, and that's just because uh that's where i feel safest with him slotted but i have a feeling with projections going on that he'll he'll slowly ease his way up uh into my rankings so I'll actually I'll, I'll jump in with my Bijan ranking. Uh, I'll let you lead the way on this one, Kyle. I have Bijan at number five. I think that he's just walking into a huge workload in terms of running the ball, in terms of receiving the ball. I think he's going to see anywhere between 60 to 80 targets this season, which he has the potential to convert into a ton more yards. PPR, that's going to be huge. And, I mean, Arthur Smith came from Tennessee where he just ran the crap out of the ball with uh, Derrick Henry. So – I anticipate that um, Bijan's probably going to take some similar format in this Atlanta offense. I think that's what Arthur's been wanting to do since he's gotten there. So for me, Bijan's my number five running back at the moment. RB5. All right. So my RB9 then, Ramondre Stevenson. Uh, I felt like a lot of this offseason, uh, as soon as they signed James Robinson, I was kind of fearful that not fearful, but basically considering that that was the the the, the roadblock for Ramondre to be a top ten back. But now that James Robinson is no longer in the team, it is Stevenson season. Um, he had a RB seven season last year and is basically taking over this backfield as his own. And that's as long as Bill Belichick agrees with us. But for that, I'm slotting in Ramondre as my RB9. I'm in total agreement with you. I have him as my running back eight, so we're only one spot off here. Uh, I think he's he was just electric last season. Nothing's changed. As a matter of fact, Damian Harris actually left this offseason, so his situation got a little bit better. Uh, I love Ramondre. I, I think he's going to be – I would feel great getting him as, like, my running back two. You know, if I were to start off and take – uh, I, I don't know. I'm looking at my list of names here. If I were to take a guy like Derrick Henry at the end of the first round and then in the in the turn there, if I wanted to start RBRB, end up with a guy like Ramondre, I think that's an incredible start to a draft. So love Ramondre Stevenson. He's my number eight. My number eight, Derrick Henry. I, I mean, last year he was the RB4, and I feel like every year before that was – 
another dominant season from Derrick Henry. Uh, let's look at it. Um, last year he was RB4. I mean, year before he was RB21. Then it was 3-5. He's a guy who is familiar in the in the top ten, and I very much finds himself in a similar situation. He's going to be the focal point of this offense um, once again, unless they land DeAndre Hopkins. But either way, I think Henry it, it owns this team. It is it is his backfield, and for that, I mean, dude gets it done on the ground, and for that, I have him at eight. Uh, you, everything you said, you hit the nail on the head. I don't really have anything to add other than he is my number nine. So uh, we've got eight checked off. We've got nine checked off. And Bijan was my number five. So those are my three that have been mentioned so far. All right. Let's keep going. My number seven then, Nick Chubb. Um, kind of, I mean, he was RB6 last year. And I think this offense improves and he no longer has Kareem Hunt to compete with goal line touches from him, which I never truly understood why they'd go with anybody other than Nick Chubb at the goal line. Uh, but for some reason, the Browns did. And now that that threat is gone, at least for the time being, uh, Chubb is the one and only, I guess, primary back in this backfield. Uh, so there's going to be a lot of opportunity, a lot of touches, and it's just a few, from, uh, I guess, uh, new opportunity folks who are keeping him out of that similar six spot this this year as compared to last year. Yeah, uh, Nick Chubb's actually my number four. I love Nick Chubb this season. I think the one major knock on him, and I, I definitely give you a ton of credit for putting him where you do, Kyle. He doesn't receive a ton of receiving work, but with Kareem Hunt gone out of the equation, he should see a little bit more. Um, I believe, Kyle, you have to fact check me on this if you get a second here, but I think Dearness Johnson's also gone, who showed flashes as the secondary option behind Kareem Hunt and was actually really good in a couple games last season. Um, you see anything on him? Uh, right now it looks like, uh, is it just Chubb? Who the heck is in this backfield? It, it, it's quite literally a whole lot of no one there. So that's why I have Chubb so high. He is the show. Uh, I, I mentioned before when we talked about Deshaun Watson, I'm expecting to see kind of a, a renaissance from this Browns offense, and a big part of that is going to be uh, at the hands of Nick Chubb carrying the ball a ton. Yeah, unless you see Jerome Ford or Dimitri taking a lot of touches from him. Uh, those you got to watch out for Dimitri. Back here. Yep. Always. So I'll, I'll name my sixth player ranked here, and then I'll let you kind of go through your uh, six through ten, and then we can continue on. Um, okay, but my sixth is Tony Pollard. Um, he was the RB8 last year in an offense that he shared uh, the backfield with primarily with Ezekiel Elliott. I don't think he will still have, I don't think he'll slot into the one and only running back in this backfield. I think we'll see, I, I think he'll have a majority, but not a whole. Um, and I think that was kind of the Cowboys' fear with him. Up until this point, I mean, we saw skills and flashes from him up until last year, but now this is his backfield, and he did really well with it last year when it was just him, and he did really well with it last year when it wasn't just him. So now that it is just him, uh, I have him at six, uh, and that's primarily because I like the top five quite a bit, but I feel like Pollard is primed for a big year. Yeah, Pollard's my number seven. Uh, I like him a ton as well. I think he's going to receive the ball or receive a ton of receiving work. And I think he's also shown that he's a 
very, very effective rushing uh, runner, you know, running the ball. Um, the one thing that kind of holds me back a little bit with him is he is a little bit undersized. And I mean, we've never seen him be the feature back for a whole entire season. So that worries me a little bit. And he's coming off the leg injury. So that's the only reason that I have a little bit of apprehension. And that's the reason that I'm holding him down at number seven a little bit. Um, but I still wouldn't bat an eyelash taking him in the second round of any draft that I'm in. So love Tony Pollard's. Uh, just to recap, Kyle, you want me to do my six to ten here? Yes, yeah, so just roll through them and kind of highlight anybody we haven't mentioned. All right, well, right off the bat, I'm going to mention one guy that I know we talked about, Kyle. You don't have him in your top ten, uh, which means spoiler alert: I have a guy in. There's a guy in your top five that's not in my rankings at all, since this is my one difference here. We'll talk about that. But uh, my number ten is Najee Harris, running back for the Steelers. Uh, I think people are kind of snubbing Najee a little bit. I think he was far more consistent than people want to give him credit for last year. He's obviously uh, Jalen Warren is there, but I mean, Najee is still the, the main workhorse back in this offense. We saw a little bit better of a season after Kenny Pickett kind of took over the, the role of starter and was uh, the consistent guy week in and week out. Um, and, and, you know, any offense, I think you're going to see that uh, where, the running back is going to struggle when he's being focused as, as heavily as Najee was last year. So I think that Najee's got a nice, I, I always talk about ceilings and floors. I think Najee's got a really nice floor this season where he's going to get the, uh, he's going to get the work that we expect him to get. And that's going to push him into a top 10 position for me this upcoming season. So I have Najee inside of my top 10. Yeah. Najee was a guy I have, uh, um, again, he's in my top 15. Um, so he's a guy who could very well shift his way into the top 10 once I finish out projections. Um, and I, again, I think even I'm looking at the guy that I have ranked in my top five, and he's very well someone that with projections could fall. But again, this was just a quick glance. This is one of the guys I like, gut feeling kind of thing. Um, but Najee, I mean, I've got zero knocks against him. I think he... I could have a huge year um, mm -hmm. in an offense that should be a little bit better this season. Yeah, I mean, he still eclipsed that that 1,000-yard rushing mark. Uh, he had seven touchdowns. Where we saw the big drop-off from him last year was in the receiving work. Um, the year prior, he saw 94 targets. Uh, this year, he only saw 53 um, and almost had 200 yards less receiving. Uh, surprisingly, had seven rushing touchdowns and three receiving in both seasons. So the touchdowns aren't a huge variable. But if he can get those targets back up, he's gonna. I think he's gonna have a great season. And I think that if you can get him a little bit later, if he falls in your draft, maybe a third or fourth round, he's gonna be a steal there. So, um, but not to dwell on the fact too much. Just to recap, I have Najee at 10. I have Derrick Henry at number nine. I have Ramondre Stevenson at number eight. I have Tony Pollard at number seven. And I think, uh, have we mentioned this guy's name yet? I don't think so, right? Number six here. We have not. All right. Is he your number five by chance? He is not. Oh, all right. Let's get well, into let, it. Me intro let me introduce a new name here. I'm talking about Josh Jacobs, a running back for the Las Vegas Raiders. Jacobs saw a huge, 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 huge season last year. Uh, where not a lot of people were expecting it. I think everyone kind of thought that Jacobs was dead and gone after his sophomore season wasn't too hot uh, and, and kind of left him left him out for dead in this last season that we saw here. And he just exploded. He was incredible this past year. Um, I, I'm trying to pull up his stats here in front of me so I have them. I mean, but he was just running the ball like a madman. He ended up with, let's see, 12 touchdowns, 
1,600 rushing yards and 53 receptions for 400 yards. I mean, everything you want out of a running back he was doing last year, he was incredible. His situation really hasn't changed outside of they got a little more stability at the quarterback position with, uh, well, maybe a little more stability. We'll see. But um, they brought in Jimmy Garoppolo, who has been known to check down the ball quite a bit in the past. So that could benefit Josh Jacobs in the receiving game. I, I really just I, I think he's solid. I, I don't have a lot more to say. I think he's super solid. Yeah, I feel like I mean, I'll kind of state where I have him. I have him at four. Uh again, solid was the name of the game. And I feel like kind of him he will most likely in my envisioning uh be a larger chunk of the offense. Um and maybe take a it's one of those things like have a bigger role, but also take a step back, which is why I mean, he finished as the RB3 last year, so I have him ranked as the RB4. Uh, it's one of those, like, the pen- potential's there, um, and the touches are there, and it's just, like, I feel like four for me, uh, slightly inside my top five, uh, felt comfortable to where I was slotting him in. Well, and the thing that feels the riskiest to me last year, Kyle, is he had one, two, three, four, five games over 140 yards rushing. Um, one of them being 229 yards rushing. So, like, I could see that coming down a little bit. I could see that going from instead of instead of being five, maybe down to three games or something like that. I still think he's going to be great. I still think he's going to be over 1,000 rushing, over – I'll even say over 1,200 rushing. But 1,600 is a ton of yards rushing the ball. So, uh, you, like you said, I think he could come back down a little bit but still be just as good as he was last year. Absolutely. Absolutely. Now, now that that's your six through ten, uh, mm-hmm. my number five, we'll jump into our top fives. Number five, I have Jonathan Taylor, um, a guy who, I mean, last year was the RB33, but thanks to a, a few few injuries um, and, a, 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 I guess, a weaker offense, um, didn't benefit him in the fantasy world. Uh, but when he played, he was just fine. Um, I 27, I mean, I mean, I'm going to list a bunch of numbers here. 27 points the first week and then seven, 12, three injury, 15, five injury, uh, 24, 16, 18, 13. So like in a sense of where he was drafted last year, you probably were not happy and that's not someone to be excited about, but I feel like in a new situation, or I guess a new offense, a new, uh, we've got a new quarterback. We've got a, basically, a, it almost looks like a new team to me. Um, and Jonathan Taylor, I, he's not a bad running back. I could see him just coming right back this year, a fully healthy season, hopefully. And with that, I mean, give me a top five season from him. Well, this is the one that we differ on because I actually yeah. don't have Jonathan Taylor inside of my top 10. Um, that might seem a little bit crazy, and I realize he's probably going to see a lot of opportunity with Anthony Richardson being a first-year quarterback in this offense. That you know They're not, they're not going to just throw – pass the ball 65% of the time and just completely abandon the run game, um, especially with a rookie quarterback. But I didn't like what I saw from Jonathan Taylor last year. I, I know in 2020 – one, we saw fantastic things from him, but I kind of need to to see it happen again before I'm ready to, to trust this guy on this level. Um, I, I think that this the, the Colts are going to kind of take their lumps this season, I think, with a rookie quarterback. 
Uh, and I, I think that this offense might not be as good as people think it possibly could be. Um, and for that reason, I'm pushing Jonathan Taylor down a little bit. I, I, I think that the whole offense is just going to need a year to grow under Anthony Richardson. Who knows if, if Taylor stays healthy and is able to find the end zone a good amount of times that could return the value. But for me, it's just too expensive um, where he's going in drafts right now. Fair, totally fair. And it is healthy to have disagreements like the sack. So I'm, I'm thankful <laughs> <laughs> again. And then my RB4, Josh Jacobs, uh, we kind of touched on him already. So, Zach, I think, are we ready to go into our top threes? I think we Which... are. Just a quick mention, Nick Chubb was my number four. So, yep. I think our top three are three guys we haven't talked about yet. Uh, and I'm going to let you in on something. They are the identical top three. So, this will be easy. Beautiful. Let's do it. N- number three, got running back. Saquon Barkley, um, I, I don't know how else to explain it. I feel like a lot of these guys <laughs> do a lot of the ex- explanations for themselves and what they've done in the past years. Uh, Saquon was the RB5 last year in PPR, and I I love him. And to have him just slotted on your roster again this season, give me that. Um, yeah. I feel like I'm going to say that for these next three guys uh, just because they they're in such good positions and similar positions to what we saw last year. And uh, we've seen them succeed where they are previously. And we're going to uh, see it again. I think the key with, with Saquon here um, and I'm sure again, like you said, the same thing will be said about these other two guys is that Saquon is really a cornerstone of the giants offense. Yeah. I think that without Saquon, this offense is not successful in the NFL. Um, So, and I think that that's really one of the major things that you need to look at when you're talking about these top end running backs is will, do they demand that giant workload that you hope a top end running back does? And I think Saquon definitely does. I mean, he's one of the most athletic people in the whole entire NFL. He's, he's just a freak of nature. Uh, He can catch the ball. He can run the ball. I think we saw any of those injury concerns were kind of laid to rest last year. He looked incredible, explosive, dynamic, all the above. I, I love him. He's my running back three for this season. Beautifully said. Yeah, I think being the cornerstone of the offense or being like a heavy piece of the offense is the big piece. Um, whereas this next guy, I guess these next two guys aren't 100% the, like the cornerstone, but they definitely have a heavy part of their offenses. Mm-hmm. But number two, Austin Eckler, uh, the, the fantasy menace himself because this dude loves fantasy football and plays like it. Man, I I went into last year expecting some sort of uh, decline, and that might have been a touchdown or two, or that could have been a, a bit less yards, but he went and just about pro- improved in every statistic. Because, um, yeah, in 2021, he was the RB2, and last year he was the RB1. And last year he had 13 touchdowns, five receiving touchdowns. Uh, He gets it done all over the place. The only thing that I guess is a slight knock for him is a healthy receiving core where last year Keenan Allen and Mike Williams saw time away. And hopefully that's not the case this year, 
Um, but even if it is, I think he's still a, a huge piece of this offense, a, a huge piece of a team that's going to score points. And Austin Eckler has already proved that he can do it. Um, and I don't want to doubt him. Yeah, I, and I don't think there's really any reason to. I think one of the most consistent aspects of, of Eckler's game is the amount of targets he receives in a season. I mean, that's something that can just – that can just push a push a running back into the next level. And for Austin Eckler, that's that's a lock is him to get the targets. Uh, I mean, I'm looking here at his targets the last couple of years. In 2022, he had 127 targets. In 2021, he had 94. Uh, in 2020, he only played in 10 games but had 65. And then in 2019, he had 108. I mean, he's, he's got two seasons, that 2022 and that 2020, uh, the 2019 season are both within the top 20 overall running back target seasons. So, I mean, he's just that's that's I feel like his safety net is that he gets those targets. And in a PPR um, in a PPR style fantasy league, he's just money. You know, he, he gets you those points week in and week out. So. Uh, I, I love him only less than the guy that we both have at number one. So without further ado, Kyle, go ahead, take it away. RB one's Christian McCaffrey. Uh, I it's weird to think that a trade made him better or kept mm-hmm. him right on the same level, but going to San Francisco almost like uh, was the perfect op- other landing spot for McCaffrey uh, last year. I mean, week seven on. He was the RB3, finishing the year as the total RB2 in PPR scoring. And Joe goes into an offense that uh, I guess has question marks at the quarterback position, which just benefits McCaffrey. Um, You know that going into the season, he's going to be much – he gets a full offseason with the team rather than just kind of jumping into the offense. And with that – I mean, it's hard not to expect a huge, huge season from him. Um, And I'm trying to temper expectations, but uh, RB1 just feels safe for me where Eckler and Barkley may or may not rotate between two and three, but I feel like I can write and pen McCaffrey as RB1. Yeah, I, I think as long as he stays healthy, he's locked and loaded, the guy in in the running back landscape here. Uh, I mean, his target share is just ridiculous. I mean, I, I mentioned that with Austin Eckler. He had those two seasons that were in the top 20. Christian McCaffrey's got five of them. Like, he's just the pinnacle of a receiving back. And if he stays healthy and can succeed in the rush game, it's just – He's incredible. And in uh, on an offense uh, like San Francisco's, they prioritize the rush so heavily, and uh, they 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 get the running backs. They they get their guys the ball. They're, they're important players. They get them the ball. So uh, Christian McCaffrey is just he's got to be the number one running back this upcoming season. And quite honestly, I think the, he's the one on one. I think the only other real case personally would be for Justin Jefferson if you prefer a receiver with that first overall pick. But I think it's got to be one of those two guys. Um, they're they're just incredible. Yeah, we're in a, a wide receiver year where I think the, the top few picks are going to be heavily wide receivers. But I mean, slot McCaffrey into any of those picks, and you can be happy. There's a there's a saying, Kyle, when when everyone zigs, you zag, or something like that. So you know, if if everyone's going receiver, who knows? Maybe that maybe this is the ideal year to to stock up on running backs and and dominate that way. So 
don't count McCaffrey out. If you're sitting there 101 or 102 and someone someone goes Jefferson, you're you're in business. Don't be don't be upset. Not at all. Not at all. All right, Zach. We've gotten through quarterbacks and running backs. And I'm thinking next week is when we tackle our wide receivers, tight ends. Uh just that way we're not taking making this a two hour long thing. Uh yeah, we can absolutely. Uh, makes it more absorbable um mm-hmm. for for you listeners and watchers but next week count 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 on us wide receivers tight ends uh we'll run through our top tens there um mm-hmm. just kind of similar outline we'll name our top tens and chat about them but that is it for this week then so thank you for tuning in um we are first seed fantasy again find us wherever you find your podcast at first seed fantasy or on youtube at first seed fantasy and then follow our Instagram or Twitter, Twitter, First Seed Fantasy, and like, comment, subscribe. Uh, Zach likes to see five stars next to the the podcast rating, but if it's two, that, that means you you care enough to 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 do that for us. So, <laughs> thank you for tuning in, uh, Zach. It was a lovely week chatting fantasy football, and I, I look so badly for to do it again with you next week. Absolutely. I, I get fired up about those receivers and tight ends. So you're you're in you're in for something special. <laughs> I I can't wait to see what you've got for me. <laughs> All right. <laughs> All right. So thanks for tuning in again. See you next week. Thanks for listening to the First Seed Fantasy Podcast. Till next time. Till next time. <laughs>